0: Good morning from Astoria. oh. This is Rachel. Hey, it's Ned. And we are uh, sitting here at our uh, second—can we call it our second it author our interview? It is second,
1: but you guys are going to hear it first It'll because be the it first found one you hear. call is awkwardly pushed to third.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> some interesting shuffling has happened with plays. Ah, oh, New happened. York theater, you guys—it Yeah. It moves around, it changes. It's never the plan you thought it was going to be. But here at, at the table, we've done a few plays. We just—I I, I have to mention it. We did a recording yesterday of what I think we'll be our listeners month. will we'll hear as our second February, play yeah. in February. Uh, we, we did a live taping, our first ever live recording of, uh, a play called troop 54 by Justin Colombo, And we did it at the drama bookshop, our new sponsors. <laughs> and for yeah. that, for that night, for that at least, play, <laughs> and, um, and Dunkin' Donuts, our other new sponsors, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome. It was so fun and so funny. And the actors were amazing. It was great. Yeah. I'm it's the hilarious. only one, psyched about this apparently can't wait
1: I don't to know show what you guys no I'm like keeping this. myself down because like that's not the play we're here to talk about
0: no it's not I'm just saying that's a thing if this if this podcast is talking about things that are happening in theater that is a thing that happened in theater
2: yesterday. absolutely <laughs> And we are so what's
1: happening that lovely uh, sneak peek of, of if found please call that you all heard on our first episode back in November it's now January sorry uh, yeah.
0: happy new year happy 2017 happy
1: 2017 mm-hmm. uh, you will get that play we promise it just might not happen until you know March
0: yeah, we're gonna get Shannon's super so it'll super happen super soon. It's and we may have our interview up kind of sooner than that. We'll Potentially,
1: see. we interviewed Shannon. It's great. There are some things that are now dated because we interviewed her in November.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the, the the theater topics we discussed with Shannon were very, very timely. Yep, for uh, November. So we may we
1: may bring <laughs> Shannon back and do just a little bit of an update. God, but, things uh,
0: are getting so complicated yeah. in the new year. Aren't you finding that? I am. Anyway, this is at the table.
1: You know who's sitting in the room with us besides Marcus? Hey, Marcus. Hey, Marcus. Oh, he waved. He still won't talk. We'll You're get him waving, someday. But it's for radio. Uh, to my left is Dustin Sullivan. Hey. Oh, oh, hello there.
0: Hey. <laughs> Who is our third playwright, but your first playwright yeah. here at the Table Podcast. Shuffles. Dustin's play Parched is our first, is our first recorded it's up. and up. Oh, it's already up. People it's are up. listening People to
1: are it. People are listening, guys, as we record this. It has uh, been about 12 hours since it was on the uh the, uh, the, the Downloads store. And on our first 12 hours, we've done exceptionally well. So thank you, listeners.
0: Please don't. Uh, if you're listening to this, you can press pause right now. And you should like it. You should subscribe. You should do the third thing. What's Rate, the third thing? Rate,
1: review on the iTunes store or Stitcher or wherever you are listening right now. And uh, tell your friends.
0: You should review it if you're on iTunes. And the rest of you should subscribe. Just subscribe. subscribe. Send it to Sub- your mom Subscribe. Moms, tell Send it friends. to your theater professors. Tell all your friends. Tell everyone. Everyone.
1: Go on Open Table.
0: Go yes. on yes <laughs> yes
1: Open Table Yelp us. Uh, no. Yelp. See,
0: there's a reason he's a writer. He's thinking outside of the box here. We should mm. go on Yelp. Absolutely. Um, you can leave comments on Uber now. Maybe you could, you yes. could like go on. Oh Uber. yeah,
1: like if maybe one of us isn't your Uber ride, but you could say like, hey, while you're in this Uber car, the next time you take a ride, yeah. listen to this podcast. It's really useful. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Craigslist.
1: Mm-hmm. What are we'll other places? That. <laughs> Craigslist. Uh, what's our the marketing. One? Our driver
0: Fi- I don't Ooh, even know what Fiverr's Fiverr is. is the one where
1: you offer your services to things. So I'll what just say like Earth you pay us $5 and you can listen to this podcast that's free.
0: That is the most That is the most new market millennial <laughs> bullshit I've ever heard. Absolutely. No,
1: I'm on there for marketing. I'm sure
0: you yeah. are. Pay me money, I'll do social media management for you. This is a lot full, full of <laughs> shilling before we start talking to Dustin. Hi, Dustin. Good morning. Welcome oh, to Astoria.
3: Good morning. It's a pleasure to be Thank here. You,
0: Very excited. I do to have apologize
3: you here. after having been at the reading uh, of the next play that is going to be shown that my play did not have as many 12 year olds swearing. Yes. Mm. It feels like a spoiler. missed opportunity now.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Spo- spoiler alert.
0: Yeah, the, <laughs> the third play you're going to hear, Troop 54, has a, just an incredible amount of um, adolescent swearing. Just yeah. an Which I can't amount. rate
3: more highly to be clear no
0: it really it it worked it worked so hard your play is also wonderful I'm not a big
1: fan of Parched I've listened to it a bunch and we only released it 12 hours ago yeah
0: it's it's pretty (laughs) wonderful can you talk to us about Parched a little bit how how, is this a recent play for you is this
3: Uh, well let's see so I wrote Parched uh Parched was my third play that I'd written um and I finished it maybe about five or six years ago now uh, since then, I've written one other full-length play, and then I've been doing more work on books to musicals and lyrics for musicals, and uh, that's been kind of the, the more recent development. So this is actually a while back, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's also the kind of a standalone play as far as all the other things I've written have more of a contemporary feel to it, and this has more of a, a simpler feel. So I, there's sort of like a, an appreciation on my part for, for creating something that's less me
1: than usual. We tagged it as Americana. I ooh, That makes sense yes. to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it kind of nebulously exists in, in the Midwest mm-hmm. or South or Canada. It's somewhere in there, right? Yeah. It's somewhere yeah. less urban. It's got fields.
3: It, many there fields. Are
0: very, there are very important narrative fields um, how did, where did this come from then? Cause you, uh, knowing, knowing a bit more of your work that you're, this is very Americana and this is very, there's magical realism. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, where did all of this come from for you?
3: Uh, it's so funny. Sometimes things just pop in your brain. It really does come down to it. You don't sit down to come up with an idea. You don't try to craft something. It just, like, you wake up one morning and you're like, what if this thing happened? Um...
1: What was that for you? Was it the, the land? The land not soaking up yeah, water? Yeah. Like, what was the impetus? It, it
3: was. It was that. It was, it was uh, a patch of land that for some reason, despite thunderstorms, it stays perpetually dry. Uh, and I didn't know, really until I finished it, like what all of it meant to me personally. Um, it is a play about loss. It's a play, I mean, specifically it's a play about the loss of this, this young boy's father. Uh, that is not a personal experience that I have, uh, but I did have a recent experience at that time of losing a relationship, uh, which was super crushing and super my fault and and there was a lot of there was a lot of pent up feeling about you know what had I done, what was my responsibility in it, um, what was going to be the effect of that going forward for me? who was affected by it outside of myself um, and, uh, yeah, it was only once I kind of typed the end and then looked at it and said, oh, like, that's absolutely the process that I was going through when I wrote this. Um, and it made me happy that I was able to write a play that was about that for me without writing a play about that.
0: Absolutely. That it became a a, a lost play kind of more generally, but yes. not about, like, I lost this girl and then the rain stopped working. Yeah. Cool.
3: Because, real, I mean, relationships are fascinating and they're, they're you know... The linchpin of, of any good show, really, but uh, I'd already done that to some degree, um, both in a dramatic way and then later in a comic way, and and that's great. But like, you do need to have plays that focus on other things. You don't, especially when you're going at it from an immediate heartbreak. That can be such a fertile place for saccharine terribleness.
1: That's that's really interesting because especially when you're. I'm looking at your play that we just read mm-hmm. um, and knowing that there's this relationship between uh, Daniel and Cassie that is remarkably nebulous in its relationship status. What brought you to that part of the tale?
3: Well, cause there's,
1: it's interesting to,
3: to observe the disconnect in a relationship that's s- clicking on all levels except for the truth being spoken out loud. It's, seems so clear throughout the play that you have these two people who care so deeply for each other, and he's the only one who's not able, well, I guess in some ways they're both not able to express it. She's prepared to express it if he would do the same. Right. Um, but I also didn't want to create something where it's, you know, I the last thing I think of Cassie as is a, like a doting... A doting wannabe girlfriend like she's she's there because she thinks this guy is is awesome and and because they have a deep abiding friendship um but there is this other part for her which she would like to express and she would like to deal with but she knows that he's got his own thing and he's unable to come to grips with what all of it means to him and um but yeah i to have these this in, immensely strong female character who's got her own life who, she's got her own things but there's also this boy that she loves and he's got this, this person in his life that there's a whole lot of roadblocks in the way of him acknowledging what might be there. And the play in fact ends with him still not fully acknowledging it, but expressing a desire to know.
0: I think that's a thing that struck me about the show upon reading it is that, um, it's, it's decidedly not a, a love story when when I read it and when I first heard it. um, Even at the end, I mean, spoiler for those of you who haven't, I guess stop and fast forward. Please don't listen
1: to this interview if you haven't listened to the play.
0: They they kiss in the last moment, and it almost still feels like another tactic. He's just trying to make... The rain soak in. It's a familial And story. so it's not yeah. incredibly clear, even at the end, if... This doesn't feel like two people who finally acknowledge their yeah, feelings Yeah, I didn't want it to be like a the Ross and Rachel,
3: like, oh, thank God, they finally right. made right. it no, happen. No, 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 like, it truly oh. feels
0: at the last minute like he's just... Maybe that's the thing that works. And she is my, one of my favorite lines in the show, uh, which is, uh, love never made the grass grow. Um, I think you really hit at the heart of it that all of these wonderful things are trying to bloom and grow around him. And he has to find his way through that first. Yes. That's what this show to, to struck struck me as. And and, and I think that's okay. really um, fascinating that you found a really resonant way to discuss that um, in the context of a very different relationship or yeah. a very different loss. Absolutely.
3: Well, and then for, for me, I guess, thinking about it like that, the other side of it was introducing uh, the religious element, which is... Another thing that I am relatively far removed from, on, on a personal standpoint, I find religion to be a fascinating thing and an occasionally beautiful thing, but it's not something that I, I personally ascribe to. And
2: That's why we brought
1: um, you here today, it's, to it's, tell you the good time. news. Have you, yeah. have you heard the, the word? <laughs> <laughs> but bird is the word.
3: That's yeah, I was going to say your it's my favorite word.
0: church of Beatles is happening over in, <laughs> in Ned's corner.
3: Uh, so I was also excited to introduce this other character of the pastor who...
1: Which was played by who? Brilliant, oh, just
3: this crazy talented actor. Yeah. A hack. We
0: found how a could, hack how could, wandering how <laughs> the How streets could we get a hold of, a of, of this crazy talented actor? Uh, I actually think this is a good thing to talk about. So, yeah. can we talk a little bit about this? Is a as as are all of the plays so far um, an unproduced piece mm-hmm. for you? Um, and casting has been discussed in a couple of different ways, and we lost an actor right beforehand. And Dustin knows the part pretty well. He may so, or may not have written it. But you didn't write that part for you, right?
1: No, Let's I, talk...
3: again, I wrote the, I wrote the place a handful of years ago, so I originally wrote it thinking like, oh, I'm going to play Daniel, and this is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, in spite of doing Heather's the musical a couple of years ago and, you know, playing a high schooler at 34. <laughs> are, you, uh, are
0: you crying right it hurts. It <laughs> hurts so bad.
3: <laughs> it, there You reach a point where you go like, well, this isn't, even if I could partially look, like this part, I don't have that emotional. I'm not at that point in my life anymore. I'm too far removed. Uh, so, so that has gone to the wayside. But
0: you're much I, too wise at this
3: point. Too far too wise. I knew too much about too many things. Uh, but it was actually it's kind of a, it was a lovely little experience for me to do the reading because uh, I had never aspired to do the pastor. But it felt very good. I don't know if it's something that, like, going forward I would try to cast myself in again. But it was it was, because I have so many questions about where he's coming from and and how decent he is as a human being while also being so frustrating to the people around him at times. Uh, it was really fun to, to play around with.
0: Are we talking the, the pastor? The pastor, yeah. Not
3: you. M- me as a person? Sure. Very frustrating to be around. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> that's... that's- Interesting. Sorry, that kind of brings us to a to a side topic. But uh, what is your background then? Because you're talking about being in Heather's, and you're talking about casting yourself as Daniel. Are you an actor? Are you a playwright? Where do you start? You can only be one. Yes. <laughs> this is the thing about theater is you cannot be multi-talented.
0: No. No. Uh, that's a lie. We're making jokes for. These people are all jokes at home. for you those of you. You should do more than one thing.
1: I'm only talented at one thing, and that's being obnoxious. But like, <laughs>
0: that's it's not important true. to excel.
1: I'm really good at making coffee. That's You're very
0: true. good at making yeah, coffee. Yeah, I make damn
1: good coffee.
0: <laughs> who are Sign you? Out. Where are you I from? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Marcus made the coffee <laughs> tonight, that's true.
1: Facts are facts.
3: Uh, I, I started as a performer. Uh, I have an older brother who did all the middle and high school shows, and I thought, you the best, and I want to be like that. Um, so I followed his footsteps. Uh, Went to college for acting, which I trained as, not musical theater, because my dreams got crushed. <laughs> but I bounced back. <laughs> uh, and, uh, That's what this play is about. In, yes, in many ways, the loss of my musical theater degree. Um, and uh, then I proceeded to just do acting for many years. I uh, did a couple national tours. I'm a member of the Redo Shakespeare Company. I I love performing. Uh, And then somewhere along the way, similarly, I had this little nugget of an an idea for a show. I spent several years avoiding it at all costs because I thought, well, I've got no experience writing and I have no right to write. (laughs) Uh, And I I lived by that rule for far too long because who cares? Uh, And finally realized who cares, wrote it. And uh, that was was kind of the start of it. No, that was a play called Touch Me There. This is sort of a side thing too, but one of the things that I've, I've been most grateful for as an adult human being is you, you never know the little moments that are going to shove you in a totally new direction, and a lot of those little moments come from your friends. Uh, who knows if I would have ever written another play if one of my friends hadn't read that and been like, this is really good, there's really something here you know, I, I'm now a lyricist at BMI and I've like, I've, I'm working on my second full-length musical and it's like one of the biggest parts of my life. And the reason I even applied to BMI was because I shared a lyric with a friend who's an accomplished composer and thinking like maybe she'll write back and be like, yeah, good try, pal. And she wrote back like a three-page email that said like, this is what I think about it, here's what I think works, here's what I think doesn't, like these are some really interesting thoughts here. And I felt so validated. And it's such a fascinating thing to see what a simple validation can do for you. So, life lesson everybody, be kind to your friends, and, and if you see something that is worth pursuing, point it out to them, because they may not know it yet. Uh, and we need every little push we can get. It would be nice if everything came from within, but that's not always how it works.
0: You know, it's, um, that's, that reminds me a lot about a, a, a Sondheim quote that I don't, I think we've mentioned, I'm not sure if we've mentioned yet. Well, well luckily, you certainly won't have heard you it. You won't have heard it, um, listeners. But that is, I th- I think, kind of like a... And This is going to be a terrible paraphrase, but there's a Sondheim story when he was asked what he says when he sees a show that he thinks is terrible. And he says, congratulations, I loved it. Something along those lines. And, and basically his the, the the take-home that he's he is expressing is that it's not your job to shut down anybody else. You're not a you're not a money person, and you're not a ticket buyer. You're these are friends, these are collaborators, and that, and I think it's a beautiful sentiment because first of all, you're I guess that is, is your right when you're sound but you also get to be a kingmaker and and a and an arbiter of taste, and you get to be a person who sets tone when you are at Sondheim, Um, but but that's something that I feel like only helps when you, you are collaborating, when you're working with friends, your friends, when they're asking for criticism, like when there are critique rather, like that's a great thing, but nothing, nobody benefits by, from, from you shutting down the work of others. I, almost ever, I can't think of a one, and, and I, I think that this is something that I've seen in, in your work a, a lot, is this sort of like willingness to work with collaborators and be enthusiastic about their work and enthusiastic about what they bring to the table which I find really fascinating well, and, and wonderful.
3: I mean, it's, it, that's been an, a very cool part of, about transitioning or at least doubling up on being an actor and being a writer is I've more recently been introduced to this whole new world of other writers, uh, composers, lyricists, book writers, whatever, that are so immensely talented. It's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. In such a, an exciting, invigorating way. But, it, I mean, it gives you pause because you're like, these people... Have gifts like you. I guess I better step it up.
0: Is there something you've seen recently that has made you super happy? At any level, a reading, a, a script of a friend that you've read.
3: Uh boy. I mean, I could. There are a couple of things to point to. Honestly, not, not to make it sound like there's. It's all plugs. This reading yesterday was fascinating. Of of the thing, the play she that you'll before. hear. Yeah, that just you'll since, yeah. hear shortly. Because uh, that's so far removed from anything I'll ever write. It's just. It's just totally different. It's its full on comic value is it's just it's a constant barrage of of hits and every hit is is joke joke pretty joke, joke, it's joke. pretty golden yeah um i'd like to think i can craft a good joke but my plays aren't built on the premise of just constant hilarity it's not a skill set that i possess um so getting to watch somebody who is able to really roll from one into the next for a period of an hour and a half is it's really just a shockingly amazing thing to me that, you, that somebody's able to, to make that, uh, to make that happen and still be interested and have it not just be like, oh, there's another joke. Oh, there's another joke. Like, it really is a plot that is unfolding through this comedy. I'm very jealous. <laughs> I like what I write and I don't, and I wouldn't want to change that, but I like, I wish I could add that to my skill set because holy crap, like, that's, that's a whole different part of the brain just lighting up. Continuing. BMI? BMI? Oh,
0: th- th- actually, yeah. Let's let's poorly Segway segue into that. Into that. So you got back from tour. you have been writing some of these plays. You started writing lyrics. Show them to a friend. Lyrics? Yeah.
3: Well, oh, the, po- the poems. Were they oh, poems, the poems that poems. became
1: songs? Or did you start writing songs? Well, it, I guess it depends on how you look at it. I
3: That's wrote lyrics, but definitely without music at the time because I have... No musical abilities. <laughs> Were'n't you an uh, original
1: cast member of Heather's I,
3: musical? Oh, I I sing like a damn angel. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, but, uh, I can't. I can't play instruments wow. to, to save my life. Nor can I.
0: <laughs> that was assertive. Oh, yeah, that was
3: fantastic. Fantastically false. But uh,
0: uh, yeah,
3: I can't play instruments, and I'm not. I can like read sheet music, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like, here's a beautiful melody for you. So I, especially at the beginning. One of my biggest paths with lyrics has been uh, figuring out form, because I definitely initially was writing things that just kind of were scattered and had rhymes, but who knows when they were going to happen. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I wrote a couple lyrics slash poems, we'll call them, and then uh, shared them with friends. And then she, this friend said, like, have you ever heard of BMI? I was like, I, I have not. We should uh,
0: give a shout out. This was Julia, Julia. Julia Meinwald. Julia Meinwald. Fantastic the incredible composer. Oh. composer works yeah. with um, Gordon Leary. Yeah. Gordon Leary, yeah, they wrote uh, Pregnancy Pact, the musical. They've been working on Pied, um, oh, which has a new name now, I believe. But, um, yes, it does. Uh, it's the Anita Bryant musical. It's, they're incredible. They're yeah. a wonderful, wonderful uh, writing team.
3: Yeah, and she, was, and she was very good to me and uh, suggested this thing, so I applied to BMI. Uh, I was very fortunate to be accepted uh, the first year that I applied to it, although I had to defer for a year because then I went on uh, a tour uh, of Little House on the Prairie, the, the musical, Hey, um, uh, and it was after that that I wrote starring?
1: Parched, Star- starring Dustin Sullivan. Well, Star- yes. yes,
3: as a guy.
1: <laughs> <with soot. laughs>
3: uh, starring Melissa Gilbert. Ooh, uh, she played
0: right. Isn't this- back is
3: Ma, and uh,
0: full circle. And a full
3: spectrum of other fantastic actors, wonderful people, and, uh, and I got back from that. Wrote Parched after that. Uh, and also, so would you say
1: that your experience on Little House on the Prairie put you in that Americana mood? Uh,
3: it put me in that uh, ending of relationship mood, oh. <laughs> which then Great. led to Parched, which Great. had all the things. That got uh, real. Slice of life. <laughs> yeah. Slice of life. Oh, how we can laugh now. And <laughs> laugh. <laughs> and laugh. Uh, and cry. And uh, yes, that too. Um, so, yeah, so started BMI, met just an extraordinary group of other, uh, lyricists and composers. I was just a lyricist in that group. Um, there was a, maybe 30 some odd of us in, in my year. Uh, I'm still a part of it and I'm in the advanced workshop now. Uh, and one of the folks I met there was Jonathan Reed Gelt. Oh, I love his stuff. Are you
1: working with Jonathan Reed Gelt?
3: I am working with Jonathan Reed Gelt.
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
3: It's Man. very cool. It's the first time I've worked with somebody who like, most of the time, if you mention it to people in musical theater, like, wait, Jonathan Regal? I love his music. He, he has such
0: a following. It's you,
3: it's wild. Do you
1: have any recordings that we can maybe play a snippet of on this podcast? Oh, my
3: God. I want to say yes, mm-hmm. with a caveat that sometimes there... John likes to keep things a little close to the vest. Great. We've been working on this show.
1: Let's do like a quick question. Hey, listeners, if there's a song on here... Really excited to share it with you. For You're the best, he Mr. The I confess, Mr. It's, it out, Mr. it's, oh. it's
3: so painful it's, it's
1: You're
0: Talk about Can you talk about Dustin Shadow?
3: Uh, you betcha. Uh, Dustin Shadow is an adaptation of a novel written by Lindsay Fay, who is an author who is just kicking ass and taking names everywhere she goes. Uh, she should, also
0: wrote Jane Steele. Oh, she's written many things, but yeah. Jane Steele, this one that's out, that's a, like a retail, kind of it, reinterpretation of Jane Eyre. has been showing up all these best lists this and, oh, year. It's crazy good. Yeah. yeah. She's
3: mm. fantastic and, and so talented and the loveliest woman, and she gave us uh, the rights to adapt this book which is about Sherlock Holmes as he chases down Jack the Ripper. Huh. Uh, and it's uh, it's a darker musical, which is very awesome, and we have found occasionally kind of hard to get traction with because...
0: How many people in your cast?
3: Well, it's a big cast. It started at, oh God, what did it start at? It started at like 24, and we've narrowed it down to about 17, 18 now. That's been a big part of it, and also, you know, when you look to Broadway, there are not a lot of shows that that go to a, to a tougher place. Uh, I think it's a necessary art. I think it's something that's that's fascinating and uh, and we certainly it's not again, it's not dark for dark's sake. it's uh, it's got lots of good comedy in it. The book is, is wonderfully written by Casey Marino, uh, another performer writer. Um, but you know you are dealing with Jack the Ripper and I think there's a musical that exists somewhere called like Ripper with like an exclamation point. And of course, it's, it is. And, and <laughs> it's like is a like full-blown. I like think a really, so. I don't yeah. know too much about like it. Silence. But, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So, so this
0: lives this lives closer to like a Sweeney Todd than a yeah. Uh, Jekyll. Yeah. Sweeney Hyde, is for actually example. probably the
3: closest approximation yeah. in tone. Uh So when he sings, it's supposed to be upsetting. It's creepy. It's uh, which I found is not the easiest. Tone to hit when you're writing musical theater because musical theater does not uh, lend itself as as it's harder to wrestle a dramatic idea musically. I have found um, without it being overwrought, finding that line is is can be tough. And this really does actually take Sherlock on a journey, which I think a lot of other things don't. It's just like how is he going to solve it? Like that's always kind of like, how how will he do it? What crazy sequence of events will he? But this is more about like what happens when Sherlock gets broken a little bit. Hmm. Um, so we take him on a full a full journey from start to finish and, and Watson is there every step of the way at his side. I'm really excited about it. It's been a long path. Theater, you guys, uh, for anyone looking into getting into it as a business, uh, be prepared for the long haul. It's
1: a
0: marathon.
3: I don't mean that in a sad way. It has sad moments and it has tough moments. You Unless know.
0: you're like a, a billionaire listening, in which then, case, then and which point, just call, call us. All of us. call our us and also our careers. Yeah, call us Not if just you the are podcast. a billionaire or Wayne Duvall. You can just call us at any time. Yep, uh,
3: but it's but it's true. I mean, if, and this is applicable both for musicals and for straight drama. Is you know people will tell you the the road to from like conception to. Having people sit down in nice plush seats watching it can take, it can be years. And uh, and this one has been years. Apparently not as many years as the
1: average, which is some things, crazy. Some things take a long time. You see things go pretty quick. Sometimes, um, but, yeah. You know, um, what's on, something on Broadway right now has only really been in development for like a couple of years, I think. Dear Evan Hansen? Oh I don't yeah, think it took, that was pretty quick turnaround. I
3: was actually—I right? was going to say when we, when uh, Rachel was asking things that have moved me recently, uh, that was going to be the other example. I, I'm not.
0: I would love to talk about. We did a little bit more with when Shannon was here. I, I, I wanted to continue talking about your yeah, project, yeah, yeah. but we talked a little bit about like what's going on in theater. And um, have you have you guys gotten to see Dear Evan Hansen yet? I have you gotten it. to see it, Marcus? Dear Evan Hansen?
1: No, I saw it it's... in Washington, and then I saw it here in New York on the Broads.
0: We saw a second stage, so we've, we've, between all the us we've, between we've us seen all, of, seen the all of the productions. Which makes, makes this a little fangirl creepier than I expected, but um, I'm not what Ben Platt is doing is pretty... Ben Platt's um, work it, is... It can't be overstated. I, I,
1: I don't really have words, except for I, I don't... I can't imagine right now, in my head, what competes with that on the Tony season. Well yeah well we could have a whole separate discussion yeah, exactly. about
3: because like nothing competes with it because it's totally its own role and Right. Awards. But as far as like but as far as like could someone come in and like deliver that performance better kind of feels like no. no. Like he's he's doing something really, really magical. Um so I would have I would have mentioned that but I also would mention I don't know Pacing and Paul particularly well. Their their ascendance feels very validated by this piece the 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 material that they wrote for this is so oh it's just so good as as it's lovely. as a, as, a, as a lyricist I I look up to that piece of work as something that I want to aspire to something that I want to create
1: um, I've seen so much cool things in the last few years I'm so excited about theater right now uh, Natasha Pierre is just stunning so excited. Uh, I, I haven't gotten to see as much this season as I would have liked uh, but I've the last time I remember having like that kind of an experience was 2008. Passing strange. Passing like, strange. Then that's like my cross to bear as I live. Stu, for that. do you want to come on our show? Stu, we would love to talk to you. Please come on our show.
2: If we would do a musical.
1: We would. We would <laughs> Stu, would you like <laughs> to premiere something on at the table? Call if us. you would,
0: we would do it in any heart. But you can't imagine the hour we just spent before we started recording talking about passing strange, sir. It really was. It's it's an hour. It's it was quite a long discussion. So. Yep call us. Or if you're Wayne Duvall, just call us. We miss you. Wayne Duvall. (laughs) (laughs) Better call Wayne. Better (laughs) call Wayne. Whoa. So is there anything else that you're working on that you'd like to talk about a little bit, theatrical or otherwise?
3: Uh, Theatrical or otherwise. I'm working on a second musical, which is a a total flip of Sherlock Holmes and Jack. Uh, It's kind of like a golden age throwback, is I guess what I'm uh, I'm calling it so far. Uh, Although it's going to have a little bit of Trump in it now. Because it has to, because that's theater now. Um, uh, so I'm working Where on that. That's, can
0: I this? stop you there? What yeah. does that mean? That's yeah. so interesting. That's theater now. That's theater now. Uh, it
2: has I... to be a safe space. Sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Theater is a safe space. Uh, Donald Marcus Trump taught us singer.
0: that. Yeah, Marcus just dropped two imaginary <laughs> mics, <laughs> <laughs> which is because he would never drop a real mic. He would one. never drop <laughs> a real <laughs> mic <laughs> he's, our,
1: he's our audio <laughs> that's guy. That's not be crazy. Yeah.
0: What does that mean to, oh, to you? I'm curious. Uh, Happy well, 2017.
3: Uh, well, let's see. What does it mean to me? I don't... I think there's going to be a lot of satire about
1: stuff that's happening now. 54 Below tonight, there's Trump the musical. Is there really? The well, Trumpsicle. There. Trumpsicle.
0: Or it uh, will have happened a month ago. It will, yeah, by the time you hear it,
1: it will have happened a couple of weeks ago. But as we record this, <laughs> it's, it's like, coming right on. Very topical. My, my friend Will, who was Higgins when I did My Fair Lady, is playing the, the Donald.
0: Oh, amazing. Here you go. Resume. Good yeah. on
3: uh uh satire isn't my thing this actually also was this was a news bit i don't even i was gonna talk to you about it uh it came up maybe a week ago amanda palmer mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Made, was caught con- was caught she was just saying that uh uh not uh, punk music is it punk music yeah punk and general, uh, yeah yeah that there's gonna be sort of a renaissance because of trump in the coming years, because people are gonna like go in their garages and like feel feel the anger and the frustration, and like good stuff will come out of it, and that's like kind of the, the bright shining light. It got misconstrued a little bit, it did. Uh, I think. I think somewhat wrongfully so. But
0: she's an incredible woman, and everything she says t- tends to be a little bit of a people hot button. Them. I think. This yeah. Like
2: the coolest couple in general.
0: Oh God, Amanda Palmer just... and Neil Gaiman. I cannot say this <laughs> enough. And with all apologies to Wayne Duvall and Stu, Neil Gaiman, <laughs> if you are listening. <laughs> No, we're gonna stop. Uh, this is important, Neil Gaiman. Uh, you came to Heather's the musical, and I was told of it during our open right after our opening number, and I nearly couldn't finish performing for you. <laughs> and then you came back at intermission, and you signed my Kindle, and I have told every person since. So, if you would like to come, I have. This is true. I have. Uh, he signed my Kindle. He pulled a sharpie out of his trench coat. You guys, it was magic. Of course, again, of course yeah. he did. Um, and uh, if you would like to come on and talk about theater or quite literally anything else. Talk about being Neil
1: Gaiman. Yeah. Just for a second. Also
0: Amanda Palmer, who, I, I mean, will say, yeah. Amanda Palmer and the Dresden Dolls did a beautiful theatrical production up at the ART really? a few years ago really? called really? The Onion Cellar, which was I didn't know that. Exceptional. It had, I mean, I don't, it was a cabaret act. It had uh, performers around the theater. It was set up as like a dinner thing. It was very strange. I don't know if that was pre-Diane Paulus years or right uh, or right at the beginning, but I mean, huh. it's such a cool couple. Yeah, they just make cool art, which I think is fascinating. And from time to time, she says things that I think yeah. people tend to feel strongly about in lots of directions. So you're writing this this
1: other musical.
3: I'm writing this new musical, and uh, it's about a young guy who runs a gift shop uh, and accompanying uh, haunted house. And he used to be in love with this girl, but she left town, she's now come back, and she's the campaign manager for a gubernatorial candidate. Uh, but he's been labeled a scary cat by one of the other candidates. Uh, and so he has to stay at this haunted house in order to prove his worth. Um, but this other candidate is a is a real pain in the ass. Uh, it's just a, it's a, currently a woman, actually. Uh, she's, she's this terrible, terrible human being. Um, and she was not at all Trump-related until Trump happened. And now it feels like there have to be parallels drawn. Um, And I don't want to hit it on the head. That's not what the show is. It's not going to be a full satire. It's not it's not about that. But it's but to ignore the fact that there are these these connective tissues now feels like a lost opportunity, both for me as a performer and for audiences uh, to appreciate if you know, because we're all going through a catharsis. Well, not all of us, but a great deal of us are going through a... a Especially in this community. Yes. Yeah, a a catharsis about, you know, what this means for us as individuals, what this means for us as a community. Uh, How how do we proceed uh, as artists, as people, as activists, as would-be activists? Uh, Yeah.
1: Art in the world of the president-elect is very interesting, and by the time you hear this, it's quite possible the inauguration will have happened. Yeah. Uh, We're not quite sure on the timeline, so we're recording this pre-inauguration, and listeners, this may be a pre-inauguration thing we hear, or it may be post. Yeah. Um, And, uh, but one thing that is coming up uh, soon, again, we're not entirely sure where, uh, a a wonderful woman named Emma Wagner uh, had put together a a piece of art after the election uh, called Where Do We Go From Here, uh, which was a collection of monologues and sketches and shorts and scenes uh, all about a world, uh, after the inauguration. It's, it's a, it's a, 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 some of it farcical, some of it funny, some of it really not so funny. Uh, look at what we're dealing with. And, um, we, uh, were asked to come in and record it for them, so we did. And we're very excited to bring that to you a little later this season.
0: It's a cool event. I like that we've jumped to special episodes very quickly on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> we've done one and a half normal recordings. Technically, and two, we've done two and a, half. Two, two and two and a half, half. two and a half. Yeah, that's the right ratio. Yeah, that's what you want.
1: And then we jump straight to special.
0: Mm-hmm. and then there'll be the Neil Gaiman interview and that'll be a whole and then we introduce Better
1: Call Wayne and then this real this podcast is derailed but I think <laughs> no, no is then derailed, it's over right then we all go brilliant home brilliant yeah absolutely
0: um, if you are interested in hearing a little bit more about our playwright Dustin Sullivan you can go to his website which is Dustinsullivan.com. Yeah. dot yeah
3: uh, Dustin dash Sullivan
0: Dustin, what, what do you Ooh, think Where do you think The other one takes you The Dash
1: Yeah who is Dustin Sullivan Without the Dash
0: You don't want to talk about him Do you I don't want to I, I remember Go to there's Dustin There's like dash a lawyer And a, like a
3: wrestler
1: Or what?
0: something A lawyer and a wrestler an What d- if those are you Yeah if time What if, yeah. what if you're Lawyer, wrestler, actor, playwright there, there can You can go one. to Dustin-Sullivan.com Find out a little bit more About his new musical mm-hmm. About Dust and Shadow With Jonathan Reingeld You can find out Some more about uh, Some of the folk and pop Lyrics that you've done Recently yes. um, And you're also You You've just finished your debut novel. Debut yeah? novel. Fabulous! This is a fantasy novel.
3: It is. It is a fantasy uh, for young adult and up. I would say. All right. It's, uh, I cannot believe it's something that's happened. Congratulations!
0: Congratulations.
3: As, some, as somebody who had a, a hard time writing, you know, five six page papers in college.
0: Um, But so they can find out a little bit more about you on your website, Um, feel free to go there and check out some of his work. Also, his work as an actor, you can hear his line on Law & Order. Would you like to do your Law Law & Order line for us?
3: Here we go. You passed it.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much.
3: (laughs) That was brilliant. Or, well, wait, wait. Mm -hmm. Or uh, go on YouTube and uh, search for Valtrex.
0: That's right.
3: If you want to hear... Uh, yours truly is say the words genital herpes I was going to say that on national like television.
0: and kids if you move to New York you too can get paid very handsomely for saying the words I have genital herpes it's... while spinning a basketball on <laughs> national television I, I used to laugh at those ads that are really I mean
1: where they're sitting on a couch and someone says I have genital herpes that and was Dustin says, that was you Damn. there was like a whole series of them and then someone says and I don't and they say and we want to keep it that way together that <laughs> seems like the single hardest acting gig I can imagine
3: I don't know. Can, can, I, can, I share, can I share one little snippet? Yes,
1: please.
3: So I filmed this thing. My bit was there was like 10 of us in different places doing different things. Mine was just I'm sitting on bleachers holding a basketball. Fine. Good. What didn't make it into the commercial was they wanted me to like play some basketball with a couple other people. A, I'm not very good at basketball. B, they hired two extras to play with me except for they were like busy chilling, getting to know each other while I was filming my bit. So by the time I joined them to play, it really did sort of look like keep the ball away from Herpes Kid. <laughs>
0: That's so stupid. Wow. I, I think we need to end the interview there because I want the last thing that people to think about you to be, oh, Dustin Sullivan. Yeah, the, the Herpes playwright.
1: The, the Herpes Kid. Well, no, congratulations. I'm ashamed. The, Never ashamed. That's you also be. the comic book that we're writing. Herpes Kid? <laughs> the Herpes kid. kid. Oh my God.
0: That's your X-Men. There it is right there. Uh, Thank right. you so Thank much you for, coming for coming today for this ridiculous discussion. What a pleasure.
2: This episode of At the Table, a play reading series is brought to you by graphic designer Haley Shippel, who designed our logo. It was edited and mixed by Marcus Lorne Begala, recorded at Muselight Studios in Astoria, New York, music by Marcus Lorne Begala, and as always, our hosts are Rachel Flynn and Ned Donovan. We'd like to thank our guest again, Dustin Sullivan, for coming in and talking to us. Coming up next on the program, we have Troop 54, a play by Justin Colombo. If you've ever been lost in the woods with two adults, five Boy Scouts, an infinite amount of coyotes, and three bags of marshmallows, Troop 54 might hit too close to home. Once described as, what did I just watch? Troop 54 is an ab workout and a theatrical experience not to be missed. We recorded it live at the Drama Bookshop earlier this month, who is also coincidentally sponsoring that episode. And we're very excited to share it with you guys. Uh, It'll be going up the first Monday of February. At the Table, a play reading series is produced by Charging Moose Media, telling great stories through new media. And as always, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the program. Every little bit helps towards going to produce more episodes and more seasons of the show for you guys. We'll catch you next time.